Absolutely nothing beats windshield time. Welcome back to Dan the Road Trip Guy, a podcast where we have candid conversations about life lessons learned on the road. I'm your host, Bimmer enthusiast and road trip extraordinaire, Dan Neal. And now on to the show. My guest today is Stingray Rob. Stingray is an IndyCar driver. You might say this is our second lap around. We spoke last July when he was racing in the Indy Lights Series, where he went on to finish second in that championship. I encourage you, if you want to know more about Stingray, to go back to that episode last July and take a listen when we talk about more personal things. This year around, we're going to talk about how his season's going, his running at the Indianapolis 500. Stingray is on a road trip today. He's traveling to Iowa for testing. Welcome to the show, Stingray. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you being here, taking the time. I know you're a busy, busy guy. We're eight races into 2023 in the IndyCar series. How's it going from your perspective? Man, it's been an interesting year so far. (laughs) To say that it's been a learning experience, I think, would sell it a little short. Yeah, I mean, I think that we're in a good spot with the team. The team has got a lot of experience behind Dale Coyne. It's nice to have someone with his uh, his level of experience, you know, bringing up young drivers or new drivers to the series and also engineers and mechanics and everything else. He seems to have a knack for picking out good talent and kind of showing them which road to, ch- to take to success. But yeah, I mean, him as our team leader and David Malukas is my teammate. has been really good as well just because He's got so much recent rookie experience being a rookie last year. Yeah, some good results. And, you know, neither one of us have had the year that we wanted so far. We're still waiting for those good results to come. But moments moments of goodness and a lot of attrition still. But we're, we're moving on. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I was watching, I was looking back a little bit and, you, you know, you're running up in, uh, I think, 15th in Texas. So that was that was good. And you survived uh all the concrete in Detroit. How was that? <laughs> Detroit was crazy. You know, I think going into the weekend, we, we did a little bit of simulator time and we expected it to be very bumpy, but it was actually bumpier in person and narrower in person than what I was expecting. It was interesting. I'm glad that they're uh, already working on some changes there for next year and hopefully it'll be a better racetrack in your term. Yeah, it, uh, it looked kind of crazy on TV. I like you guys were bouncing around everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The Indy 500... I think that's probably on every racer's list uh, to race there. And it was just uh, really fun to see you race there, having having watched you over all these years. And it's like the only guy I really know in IndyCar racing that will actually talk to me. So <laughs> that was that was just fun, fun to see. So to talk to you, and, you know, most of my guests are not racing fans. I think you helped introduce a few of them last year when we talked. And people were like, well, that was pretty cool. I think I'm going to watch uh, some racing now. So that was, that was fun. But share with my listeners the rookie test you have to go through before you actually – get to run uh at the indianapolis speedway yeah so every year they do rookie orientation as it's called and, uh, it's just for anyone that's new to running the, the indy 500 and they do the indy 500 specifically because the race itself is very unique and it's very challenging because you're doing speeds of over 230 miles an hour on two and a half mile four corner track with low banking and so there's not much room for air when there's concrete walls, you know, running the outside line there. And so uh, the rookie orientation essentially is it's a three-stage deal. The first stage, you do 15 laps from 205 to 210 miles an hour. And then once you check that off the list, you do 210 to 215 miles an hour. Once you check that off, you go to the third stage, 
which is 215 plus for that 15 laps. And you have to go through those three stages before you're allowed to even run in the qualifying for the Indy 500. Now, it's kind of funny because these cars, these Indy cars these days, cars are, they're made to go 230 miles an hour. They're made to go fast. And so when you're going at those slower speeds, you have to work on getting the balance right through the turn. And so you're actually lifting on the straightaway and then power down through the corners. So you're not getting loose because at that lower speed, you have less downforce first off. And when you're not on the power, it loads the nose of the car. So it can create some instability doing those lower speeds from like 205 to 210 miles an hour was actually probably more difficult than it was doing the 215 plus. It gets a little scary when the car gets loose, right? At that speed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not a, not a very comforting feeling. As a young guy who always wanted to race there, what was that first, uh, what was that first lap like? Oh uh, man, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, I think it's kind of like the frog on boiling water and they kind of slowly turn the temp up on you. And then once you get there, you're like, okay, this is pretty cool. And then you step back out and watch the other guys go around at 230 miles an hour and takes your breath away, realizing you're doing the same thing. But yeah, it was really cool. You know, the first few days around that place is one of those things that but yeah, it kind of takes your breath away because you don't realize how fast you're going until you take a half second to you know, look to the side of you. Because at those speeds, you're looking so far down the road. I mean, we're doing 300 feet a second. That 300 feet a second comes at you pretty quick when you're looking, you know, three quarters of a mile away. And so it doesn't seem all that fast when you're, you're looking that far ahead, but you take a peek around and you realize, okay, it seems like you're going light speed in this thing. So then you moved on. So you passed your rookie test and then uh, move into the month of May. Of course, we had the Grand Prix jumping forward. Then you had some practice. And I really wanted to talk to you about qualifying because that's, uh, that's just the fun part of, uh, the 500, I think, to watch you guys qualify. Not the easiest thing in the world to be out there by yourself running four laps and trying to make them all perfect. Absolutely. And, you know, these cars, when you're running in clean air, it's, it's not near as exciting as it is running in traffic and doing all that with the air wash and everything. Qualifying is a bit of its own animal in the sense that you got to tune the car to get free on its own. When I say free, that means that kind of looseness in the rear end so that the rotation happens naturally and you're not having to steer as much in the corners. We thought that we had a pretty good car in traffic, but that doesn't mean much for qualifying. Exactly. And so we, we, uh, we were in a position, unfortunately, that we had to do the last chance qualifying. And that's, that's pretty nerve wracking because as a driver, you're doing everything you can. You know, we did four runs or three runs on qualifying day. I'm flat out for 10 miles. I'm, I'm pushing the car to its absolute limits. And sometimes the speed's just not there. You know, it doesn't take, much to, to make it just miss that little bit of speed and when you're dealing with a couple miles and that's a big difference we uh i'm joking now but i think that i got more experience than most rookies do during the rookie season so you can call me quite the veteran i got a lot more seat time with the last chance qualifier and everything else but man my nerves are made of steel now i think yeah, I was going to ask you what it was like. You know, I was watching from home and, you know, we were like, oh, come on, come on, come on. You know, just for my listeners who don't know, um, so there were 34 cars. That meant somebody's going home without a without a ride for uh, for Sunday. You were in that uh, lineup of four. You went out that uh, last day. How were you feeling? Oh, man, uh, stressed to the max. It's one of those things where you don't want to be in that position. When you're going around in those four laps, you kind of lose sense of that pressure. You know, it's one of those things where it builds and builds and builds and builds, and you look around at everyone around you, and they all feel it too. But once it's over, it's such a sigh of relief. And, and you know, I think having that that moment of realization of like we're going to be in the 500 after going through all that stress, 
was probably better for me because it gave me a realization of what it means to be in the 500. It gave me an appreciation for the show of it all, uh, the experience of it all, and just to be able to be one of those 33 cars. You know, there's only one guy that has to go home, but no one wants to be that one guy. It was uh, definitely, I don't know if you could say best experience or worst experience of my life, career-wise, just because there's there's so much that's going on around it, so many emotions. And yeah, it was it was cool that once we finally did those four laps and got ahead of ahead of the other guys that we could, you know, sit there and wait for that clock to run out, make sure that we made it in the 500. Well, it's those trials in life that make us better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's uh, that's the James Long Bible verse that I keep I keep referring to. It seems like it comes to life so much in my racing career, but it's the consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance finish its work so that maybe mature and complete, not lacking anything. And, you know, that consider a pure joy is kind of an oxymoron because, you know, one of those things like that, where you're in a position that you're uh, kind of fighting for your career and struggling, it's, it's not like a good time to be cheering it on. Right. It's not, it doesn't feel like a, a moment to be saying, yay, we get to struggle a little bit today. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Yeah, we we did, and I think that looking back at it, we can be thankful for it because it taught us a lot. Yep, it'll just make you better. That's for sure. You got to uh, so you got through qualifying, you got through uh, Fast Friday, Carb Day, and then uh, Saturday night. You, you get any sleep on Saturday night before race? <laughs> I did. I slept like a baby. You know, they ran us pretty ragged there um, during the week in between qualifying and the race. You know, with interviews and everything else we were getting up at seven in the morning for a person interview at 7 30 whatever it was and then running us until about 8 8 45 that night a little over a 12-hour day just doing interviews and media events and production deals and so i was ready for for a nap it seemed like and saturday night was that first time i really got to rest you know you're, you're almost waiting for the 500 to happen for three weeks and so finally getting into sunday you're like okay it's here We've been preparing for this for so long, so it's kind of a relief just to get through it. Lots of uh, lots of stuff on uh, Sunday morning, but then uh, you get strapped in the car and and start those engines. Uh, any butterflies still going at that point? Oh, yeah. Are you pretty calm? No, absolutely all the butterflies in the world. Like I was careful about what I ate because I was afraid I might see it later. Yeah, sure. And, uh, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think Simon Pagenaud said it is that you see this as a rookie and you're like, wow, this is amazing. And I'm really nervous and it doesn't get any easier. If anything gets harder because you understand the pressure of it all. Uh, that's not super comforting for a rookie that had to just go through that. But man, okay, well, I'll take that and I'll learn from it. But, uh, you know, I think it's so true. It's just, there's, there's so much of the show that goes on around it. And it's so cool. But as a driver, you almost can't enjoy it because your butterflies are just fluttering around the whole time and you're nervous and you almost want to just hop in the car and get going. You know, once the helmet's pulled on, the nerves kind of go away and you can kind of switch on into this is my job, which is good. Yeah. I'm going to be here for the next couple hours. I better, uh, I better focus exactly. in, right? Exactly. It's kind of hard to believe when you think about it, going those speeds for that time. And, you know, the first, you know, so many laps were for green and you guys were just flying along, setting a yeah. fast pace. Yeah. So what was that? Uh, so green flag flies and you head down into turn one. What was that like? Right. Really on the throttle and I'm still getting sucked into the corner. So, and there's garbage flying around and dust everywhere. It doesn't matter how good they clean the track. It just, 
it, there's so much air getting pushed around by those cars, so much speed that there there's no sort of cleanliness. It seems like it all just goes to chaos. And that was that was cool to kind of see and experience. And I had fair warning from Dale and David telling me, you know, just be calm, be patient, because it's all going to go crazy on the start. So all right, sounds good. But uh, once we settled into a groove, it was it was pretty okay. We were dealing with some tire issues during the race there and you know i think that for the first two stints we were just trying to figure out how to solve those and yeah i mean we were we were struggling for right from the start it seemed like yeah but uh you stayed out there and you were running and i don't know if you want to talk about how it ended and i was going to ask you before we started did you <laughs> want to comment on it just unfortunate but you know it's racing also yeah absolutely no i think any racer is going to be disappointed with the result we had you know only doing 92 of the 200 laps to go out racing with someone that was laps down was pretty frustrating. You know, I think my post-race interview, I blamed the other driver, and I shouldn't have done that. I mean, I didn't have... I was I was angry, and that's about as angry as you're ever going to see me. It's just because as drivers, you know, you spend three, four weeks, if not longer, thinking about this one race, and you're working towards it, and we'd go through the last chance qualifiers and had the emotions of it all, and to, to have it cut short, you feel like you've, you've been robbed. You know, I think looking back, it was a, a matter of we were dealing with those tire issues from the beginning of the race, and it was late in the stint, and there was marbles on the outside line, and um, it would have been 10 laps sooner on a next stint on new tires. We wouldn't have been in the wall, but um, just the way it worked out, we were in the wall, and our day was cut short. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And and as you said, emotions, you know, when it happens, and we see that. Had some fun emotions up at Road America this weekend with a couple of the veterans, so that was fun to watch. Yeah, Road America is a track that I love, and I joke around saying it's a real racetrack again, which is kind of funny because, you know, I've heard Detroit and Indy, those are two tracks I've never been to and were fully new to me. And going back to Road America felt a little bit like home. Uh, being on a permanent road course and somewhere I've had good experience in the last few years. Added. So yeah. um, it was good. We had some some decent pace during the race and I uh, just didn't have caution flags fall our way necessarily, some strategy calls that just missed out a little bit, but it's all part of the game in IndyCar. You know, it could be anyone's day. You look at guys like Scott Dixon, started way back in the field and finished fourth. Yeah. It's pretty impressive to see someone like that just do everything right and check all the boxes off and they fly up through the field. Um, I think our day is coming on permanent road courses. We're getting things figured out. Hopefully here pretty soon. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, one of those laps I was following Will power out at road America and I was staying with him. And uh, I didn't really think about it at the time. I was just thinking about how do I get around this guy? I'm like, man, he's fast. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. I can, I can see him picking up a little speed here and a little speed here. And then he's beating me here and here. And so I was trying to figure out how to set up a pass. And I realized I'm like, that's full power. Like I'm racing Will Power. Yeah. And so it's kind of a cool moment of like, wow, okay, I can't believe I'm actually doing this and I'm staying up with the guy. Exactly. There you go. Stingray Rob chasing after Will Power. Two of my favorite names <laughs> in uh, IndyCar, by the way. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's great. It, speaking, you got, um, so looking forward, you got uh, nine races, I believe, to go. Is there a favorite track that we're going to uh, the rest of the year? Yeah, for sure. I love the West Coast swing just because being from Idaho, uh, those are kind of my stomping grounds out west from my karting days. So Portland is a track that I've had decent experience at and qualifying on pole there in the junior series and raced pretty well there. And uh, to go back and kind of have it be my home track, you know, only a few hours down the road from, from where I'm from, it's nice to have friends and family out there. And then 
the finale being at Laguna Seca. I mean, I don't know how it can get much better than that. The corkscrew and uh, with the new pavement that's going out down there, I think it'll be really good. And the racing should be nice and tight. And the field, the field of drivers that we got, I mean, it makes every weekend a new adventure. You know, you never know what you're going to get. And there's so much talent and depth in the field. I think it's it's cool to see the racing. It's not just, you know, the front three or four cars. It's the front 25, 26, 27 cars that are fighting now. I mean, every every race is fun. Every race is a new adventure, and I'm looking forward to them all. And then, not to mention, uh, you had an Indy Lights win at Laguna Seca last year. Yeah, yeah, I do tend to like the tracks that I went at, so Laguna Seca is one of my favorites. Be it, uh, we should be at Mid Ohio, so hopefully, I'll get to get to meet you there. Very good, very good. Yeah, Mid Ohio is another track that I love, and uh, having to be on the Fourth of July is going to be kind of fun. It's always a good time of year. So here's a question for you. Um, you know, you're a rookie. One of two from Indy Lights, if uh, you and yep. Peterson. And then, uh, are there any veterans that have come alongside you and just said, "Hey, Stingray, let me let me give you a little advice here." No, everyone kind of stays in their corners. David, my teammate, he has been very good at you know telling me, you know, "Hey, watch out for this." And like I said, with his recent rookie experience, there's things that I can learn from him, mistakes that he made last year that I can watch out and try and not make this year. You know, successes as well. You know, the good things that he did that I can try and do. It's nice to have someone that has kind of gone up through the ladder at a similar pace. And, you know, we finished second in the Indy Next Championship in back-to-back years. And so for us to have the kind of similar resumes and experience levels, it's it's good to kind of direct the team down the same path. And I think that, you know, we haven't seen the fruits of our labor yet, but um, we're working on it. You know, we're two young drivers. I think we're the two youngest in the series. It's funny to call him the veteran of the team, but I think that David's talented and he's got good enough head on his shoulders that we can figure it out between the two of us. It's going to comment. You guys are the two youngest in the series. You know, plenty of time to uh, plenty of time to improve and get better. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, I think uh, one thing that Dale does a good job of, like I said, is picking out young talent and kind of training them up. And that's something I said at the beginning of the season. I thought that be our advantage is that he can kind of mold us and shape us into the drivers that he wants us to be. And uh, this might not be a one-year program. We might not see the results of it until uh, a couple years down the road or whatever it may be. We'll see what the future has in store for us, but uh, you know, I think that we're we're building a good foundation for the future. We're going to look forward to, uh, you know, someday I'll get to interview you after win the Indy 500. You know, you, you have, to, uh, <laughs> like have to come like back. That. Hey, well, that's uh, really what I wanted to talk to you about and just really wanted my listeners to learn a little bit more about racing from a, from a guy who's out there doing it, and particularly the, the 500, which is a very special race every year. Thank you for your time, and uh, you know, tell people uh, how to find you. We yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm on most social medias at Stingray Rob, and Rob is with two B's, so R O B B. And then my Twitter handle is actually a little bit different. It's at Sting underscore Ray underscore Rob. If you guys want to follow along on the IndyCar series, we're broadcast on the Peacock TV app and on the NBC Sports Network, and you can follow along online as well at IndyCar.com. Thank you again, Stingray. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dan, the Road Trip Guy, and we look forward to having you back again next time. In the meantime, if you want to find me, you can find me on the Internet at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, Neal, N-E-A-L, dot com. Until we meet up again, keep having conversations and keep driving. Mm -hmm.